Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACC Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. This is the podcast to help you increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much-needed scholarships. We'll talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test-taking strategies and tips. Today, I've got a great treat for you. I'm going to share with you my number one recommended book that all high school students, teachers, administrators, parents, everyone should read. This is the book that I say impacted my life more than any book I've read other than the Bible itself. Now, there's a lot of great books out there. There's a lot of books that I'm sure impact your life. Um, But if I had to narrow it down to one book that has changed my behaviors, my thoughts more than others, um, I say this is the book. And today we're going to talk about QBQ, Question Behind the Question by John Miller. And we'll discuss what makes a question an IQ or a QBQ. And in today's episode, you'll meet John Miller. He's joining us. He is an amazing person who has sold over a million copies of his QBQ book. He has multiple other books that he's done. The parenting book is unbelievable. He's got great books for businesses. And he also has the I Own It curriculum that his his daughter, Kristen, kind of heads up that part of the QBQ business. And uh, not only is it great curriculum, my school where my kids attend Christian Heritage Academy has used it. And so my kids have actually gone through the QBQ curriculum, not only at home, but they've done it at school. And so we're going to talk about that in this interview. And we're also going to talk about how you could get that for your school. And, um, I think you're going to find this is a very impactful life changing episode. Now, let me also say that I'm giving away a bunch of copies of John's book. I'm going to give away four copies of QBQ to listeners of this podcast. So how do you win one? Well, here's how you can do it. Now, look, I'm not only going to give four copies of the QBQ book, I'm also going to give one of the I Own It curriculum. So the I Own It curriculum comes with a QBQ book. It comes with a workbook for the teachers to use in the classroom. And it comes with a poster for your classroom as well on how to take personal accountability and ask effective questions. So listen at the end of the episode. And after the interview, I'll come back and we will talk about how you can win a free copy of the book, or you can win one of the Ionic curriculums for your school or your classroom. All right. Now, before we get into the interview, here's, here's what I would like you to do. I want you to think about a person or a situation that frustrates you. So I want you to think of that, like that one thing that just drives you crazy, something that is going on in your life, someone you interact with that just drives you crazy. Think about someone that just really frustrates you or something that really frustrates you. And I want you to ask yourself a question about that person or that situation. Just that thing that frustrates you so much. I want you to just think about what, you know, like, God, what, 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 you know, what, why, or what, just ask yourself a question about that situation. Now, if you're, if you're listening where you can pause the episode at this moment and 
write down or type in your phone or whatever, what that question is about that person or about that situation. Okay. That thing that just really frustrates you type that in. Then after the interview, when I come back, we're going to revisit that question that you typed or that question uh, that you uh, wrote down. And we're going to, we're going to see if we want to change that question. All right. And uh, John's, uh, John's a great speaker and uh, he, uh, he just really puts this into uh, terms and uh, phrases that you're going to go, Oh, okay. And then what's going to happen is you're going to start hearing yourself do this like I did. And you're going to start wanting to make some changes. And I think, I think this is a crucial thing that can help you become an unbelievable achiever. Last week's episode, we talked about looking ahead to 2021 and setting those wins and those uh, embracing that process. And I think what will happen is when you start thinking in the QBQ world, uh, it'll help you really step through making those choices. All right. So uh, we're going to get to the interview now. And John's going to do a pretty good job of introducing himself in the beginning. And so I'm not going to say a whole lot, uh, just other than um, you can find out a lot more about his work at qbq.com. And uh, all of his stuff uh, is available for sale on his QBQ store. And so uh, we'll, uh, we'll mention that at the end of the uh, interview as well. So let's get to it with John Miller, of QBQ. John, I'm so happy that you joined the podcast today. Welcome. Chad, thanks for having me on. Okay, so uh, I have shared with the listeners a little bit about you, but uh, just as a quick review, uh, you live in Denver now. Uh, I know you have a history of sales and have come from New York. I, I love that you're the son, or you are a wrestler. As we say here in Oklahoma, you're a wrestler, all right? I'm and, a wrestler uh, or a grappler. There you go. And son of a college wrestling coach at that, which is just like, oh man, they're on a whole nother level. We have a John coaches here, John Smith at Oklahoma State. And I've watched that man coach. He's crazy. So I can't imagine being the son of a, of a college wrestling coach, but that had to be an interesting well, experience. My father was the coach at uh, Cornell University for about 25 years. So I grew up on the Cornell University campus. Wow. And uh, also dad of seven, a fellow adoptive dad, and it's just awesome. And uh, your daughter, Kristen, I know works with QBQ and does a lot of work with high school students through the I Own It. And we're going to talk about that at the end as well. So this great book, QBQ, um, can you just uh, let, you know, it's a book of personal accountability. So let's just start with that. John, just explain to us what your definition, uh, how you view personal accountability. Let me give you a little background, if I could, Chad, and your your listeners. I actually uh, came out of Cornell in 1980 and married my 19-year-old girlfriend. We're still married uh, more than 40 years later. And we uh, left the upstate New York area and went out west. And I happened to get a big uh, career going, I thought, with a company called Cargill. Right, Chad? What a, <laughs> yes, what a great company, Chad Cargill. No Cargill. At that time, they were the world's largest privately held organization, agricultural, all kinds of things they do in the ag world, et cetera. So Cargill put us in um, Garden City spots like southern Minnesota and Montana, Great Falls, Montana, St. Louis, Missouri, back to Minnesota. That's important because over those five years, ages, you know, I was 22 to 27, I had managers who were good people, but how can I say this politely? Untrained. Yes. So I, I got to experience less than stellar supervisory skills. They weren't bad people. They just weren't untrained people. And it, when I was 27, along came a, a man 
from Georgia who said, I'd like to hire you to sell training. And I remember saying, well, I've never sold before. Well, he saw something in me that I didn't see in me. And he thought I could sell with abandon. Well, guess what? I found my niche. I found my career. I found my place in life. And at the age of 27 and a half, almost 28, I started selling management training. And I went off in Minneapolis, St. Paul is where we lived. And I spent the next 10 years doing that. So what that did is it led me to a point where I could sit in workshops with good managers, good people, and listen. And I started hearing a series of questions. Uh, Questions like, why do we have to go through all this change? When are we going to find good people? Uh, Who's going to solve the problem? And it took me about nine years, Chad, but sometime in 1994, I coined the phrase, the question behind the question, the question behind the question. And I went over to a client group in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I taught them, hey, instead of asking, when is someone going to train me? How about we turn that around and ask, how can I develop myself? And I called it the question behind the question. Well, little did I know I had a tiger by the tail. I came back three months later. That client company was using the question behind the question. And if you know much, Chad, and I know you do about the training industry, about 90% of the stuff we teach never gets used. Sure. And I uh, was impressed. I thought, wow, they're using it. They're talking the language, the question behind the question. They're, impl- they're applying it. So within a year, I left my mentor in that training company, went off on my own in 1995, and I was teaching the question behind the question. And before I knew it, I told an interviewer this just the other day, Chad. I don't, I, to be honest, I really don't remember whether a client did it or I did it, but somebody shortened it to the QBQ. Yeah. QBQ. And that was about 1995, 1996, and the rest is history. We've been teaching the QBQ ever since. And what it's really about, personal accountability. And we define personal accountability at our company as making better choices in the moment. Personal accountability, it's not a team thing. It's not a group thing. It's not even a family thing. It's, it's not a school classroom thing. It's not something I do to people. It's not something I hold others to. Chad, personal accountability is something John Miller does. It's something I can do because it always starts with me. So it's always about making better choices in the moment. And it all began with me in my 20s selling management and leadership training to executives and listening to all of us ask some really lousy questions like, when are they going to improve this place? Well, how about asking, what can I do to contribute? And that's how it all began. So you identify two types of questions uh, in your books, the IQs and the QBQs. I want to start with the IQs. You teach that IQs typically start with three different words and each yep. one has its own like hidden meaning or you know purpose of asking that type of question. So let's start with that. Tell the listeners, if you would, what those three words are and what each type of question represents. Well, we didn't have this planned, but I just modeled them for everybody here. I said, why do we have to go through all this change? So don't ask why questions. When is someone going to improve this place? Don't ask when. And who made the mistake or who's going to solve the problem? Don't ask who. Now, let me back up. I know if you're a salesperson type, you're going to be, you've been taught to ask the client why, you know, the five whys of selling, keep digging, digging, digging till you get to the real objection. Or there's, there's a book out there that says, you know, ask why or something like that. It's all about finding your purpose. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about why questions, Chad, that make me feel like a victim. Why is, why is the world so unfair? Why doesn't my wife listen to me? Why doesn't my husband help me out more around here? Why can't we get better students in the classroom? Why don't the parents care as much as we care? 
Why, why, why? Anything that sounds like poor me is a poor me question. It's victim thinking. And here's the absolute key, Chad, to victim thinking. When I play victim, I serve no one, not even myself. And in our society today, a lot of people will hear this message and go, yeah, amen, brother. There's a lot of victim thinking out there. Well, forget about society. Forget about politics. What about me, John Miller? What have I been playing victim about recently? What have I been whining about? So listen to yourself. Make sure you're not asking why me questions. The next series of questions that we want to avoid are ones that begin with when. Uh, When will they get back to me? When will my boss give me more coaching? When will we find good people? When will somebody solve the problem? The minute I start asking when, I am engaging in procrastination. And procrastination, as we say in the QBQ book, Chad, is the friend of failure. So we want to avoid why questions because they take me to victim thinking. We want to avoid when questions because they take me to procrastination. And when I'm procrastinating, I'm basically saying, you know, I'm not going to take any action today. I'm not going to take any risk. I'm not going to add any value. Chad, you do that. You go take action. You go, you go add value. Now nah, I'm just going to wait for others. Well, that's a terrible way to live life. And the last trap we fall into is blame. Victim thinking, procrastination, and blame. And the blame sounds like the who. Who, who questions? Uh, who dropped the ball? Who missed the deadline? Who made the mistake? Who gave me these people? Oh, wait a minute. I hired them. Who, who, who? The minute we ask who, we're seeking culprits. And we do have another book out called Outstanding. Outstanding, 47 Ways to Make Your Organization Exceptional. And in that book, we put a whole chapter in about not seeking culprits. Outstanding organizations, people do not seek culprits. And the minute we ask that who question, who dropped the ball? We're just seeking a culprit, and that solves no problem. So anyway, victim thinking, procrastination, and blame, why, when, and who, those are the incorrect questions. We call them incorrect questions. People shorten that to IQs. We want to avoid the IQs and ask the QBQs. So John, when I read your book many years ago, I it was convicting, as I'm sure it will be to many, because you know, not only did I start thinking of all the times that I've done that, which I think is just it's almost natural, you know, in our society, we just naturally start thinking of others. I started thinking then I just started noticing every time I did it. And you know, you, you have a great book out, the parenting book on uh, you know, how to parent those personally accountable kids. And so that became such a part of my family's like just our purpose, our mean the way we operated. And uh, it, it, John, you'll love this, but it got to the point where my my two oldest, I mean, they would start complaining about something at school, and and immediately <laughs> they would they would just correct themselves, and they would go, I, I know, Dad, I what can I do? I know, yeah, I know, yeah. and and, and All right, Dad, QBQ, QBQ, Dad, <laughs> yeah, but but it, it 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 has meant so much to our family because it's completely Wonderful. changed the way we approach problems, and so let's okay, I'm I'm kind of getting ahead on that just a little bit, but uh, let's. Let, let's go ahead and now transition to the QBQ side. So I'm sure listeners, and, and one thing we really do on this podcast is I'm just, I want this to be practical. I want it to be something that can be implemented. And so when I give these tips, I just really want to make sure we're not just talking pie in the sky stuff. So let's talk specifically now, if we can't ask, or we shouldn't ask why, when, who, let's talk about what we should ask and the three parts of a QBQ. Absolutely. And all this is covered, Chad, as I'm sure you're not surprised at qbq.com. Funny, we've had that website since 1998. It's quite organic and there's not, there's probably no more three-letter websites out there left, but <laughs> I won't tell the whole story, but I was quite fortunate to land the qbq.com 
site in uh, 1998. And so it's easy to remember. And you can go there and you can you can find this content. And what it's all about is stop asking questions like, when is someone going to get back to me? And start asking, what can I t- do today to reach out to someone else or, or be more creative in the way I communicate? Or what can I do to to discover what their needs are? I'm thinking really like in salespeople, Chad, you know, instead of asking, why doesn't a customer call me back? Well, what can I do today to be more creative in reaching my client? And in the uh, in the classroom, you know, why can't we get better parents? Well, wait a minute. How can I yep. become a better teacher today? What can I yep. do today to be a better teacher? Instead of in the business world, when are we going to find good people? Managers might ask. Wait a minute. What about asking, what can I do to be a better coach? How can I learn new management skills? So if you... Uh, if you're if you're alive and you just heard what I just said for the past 30 seconds, it's pretty simple and obvious. All we did was focus on me. Yes. Instead of blaming Chad because he doesn't communicate, or blaming my wife because she didn't blah blah blah, or blaming my customer because they didn't return my call, we turn it all around. And we say, well, okay, that is frustrating. It's okay to have feelings, but what can I do today to make a difference? How can I solve the problem? When we wrote the book Outstanding, we dedicated it to people who care enough to improve the place. So if you think of your organization, whether you've got five employees or 5,000, is everybody today asking, what can I do to improve the place? What can I do to solve the problem? That's when you've made personal accountability a cultural value. And that's our mission at QBQ.com, making organization, helping organizations make personal accountability a core value. And it's as simple, but as challenging as taking those IQs. Why is this happening to me? Turning them around and asking questions that begin with what or how, contain the word I, personal pronoun I, and focus on action. What can I do to contribute today? All of this is in the book, QBQ. Yeah. And it, it, once you start thinking in those terms of I, it does change so much. Uh, I mean, everything from, you know, for students, I mean, it's so easy to complain about your situation, to gripe about the classroom, the work, the whatever. But when you change that to starting with how or what with an I, it brings it home in that you've got to make a decision what you're going to do. And look, I'm going to be honest now, John, sometimes QBQ is hard. I, I think it's hard because, you know, it's easier. Oh, stop. Complain. Stop your whining, Chad. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's easy to complain. It's easy to procrastinate. And yeah. I think initially QBQ is hard, but we both know that in the long term, it's easier. It's just like, it's easy to go spend money right now, but at some point you got to pay the piper on that. Right. And so same thing here. Um, you know, QBQ, it's, it's hard to, to stop and not complain and say, what can I do? Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned money, Dave Ramsey. I don't know if you've heard of Dave Ramsey, but, um, yes. the personal finance author, he's been using QBQ at his organization for a long time. In fact, it was the first required book for his staff several years ago. Uh, he found it in the Memphis airport and uh, read half of it and then felt so guilty he thought he should buy it. So so he's been a real big believer in QBQ. But the, you mentioned like the money, the spending thing. That's what Dave's all about. But here's here's the key. Dave and you know that you can't become uh, financially solvent. You can't get out of debt without personal accountability. Because the minute you blame your spouse or the credit card companies uh, or your boss for not giving you that raise, you're going to be in debt or have financial difficulties. So you take the personal accountability concept, Chad, and you can apply it to money. 
You can apply, apply it to my spiritual life. You can apply it to my work life. You can apply it at home as you have. Uh, I had another interviewer just the other day from Canada who said a lot of the good things you've just said, Chad, about your family using it. He was talking about a teenage daughter who had a fender bender. And, you know, the temptation is to drive away. But she said, no, that wouldn't be right. I need to be personally accountable. So she left a note for the for the other driver that she had rammed into his car in a parking lot. I mean, this is what accountability does for us, Chad. It just makes us better people at work, at home, in our neighborhoods, in our communities, in our schools. That's why it's so it's so exciting. Someone asked me the day, John, are you still having fun teaching QBQ and accountability? Yeah, because it's yeah. still needed. <laughs> Yes, yes, and always will be. Well, let's uh, let's play a, a couple examples here. Um, so, you know, we have a lot of uh, teachers, faculty members, students who listen to this. Obviously, being an ACT test prep uh, podcast. So, a common phrase. I'll give you a common uh, IQ, and you can correct it with a QBQ. Does that sound fair? I'll do my best, and if I can't figure it out, I'll say, Chad, what do you think? <laughs> That's great. Uh, why won't my students do what I tell them to do? Good one. Good, bad question. You know, what can I do to be a better communicator? How can, I, how can, yeah. I, build, how can I build greater trust with, trust with my students? Why is my principal doing this at this school? <laughs> well, what can I do to accept the fact I chose to work here? <laughs> how about that one? Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> When will my parents figure out what I'm trying to tell these kids? What can I do to communicate more effectively with my parents? How can I better reach out and build trust with my parents? How can I better uh, learn? How can I learn new skills as a teacher? You know, oh, there's so many things that I can do as a teacher. Let me let me stop your litany there, if I could. Your flow. Uh, years ago, I hope this doesn't offend anybody. I had a teacher, public ed teacher, actually tell me. She said, "I have learned in the 20 years I've been teaching." that teachers have a, have a human a trap they fall into. And I said, what's that? And she said, well, I read about it in your book, Victim Thinking. She said they tend to, you know, low pay, long, long hours or overworked and low pay and complain about parents and complain about the students. And she went on. This is a teacher talking, Chad. I'm not denigrating teachers. Teachers are, of course, sure. wonderful people. They Absolutely. do great things. But she, she did say to me that she had run into and fallen into the trap in her teacher world that it's very easy to play victim as a teacher. And the QBQ book helped her say, you know what, that doesn't add any value to the lives of my students. It's not helping the parents. It's not helping me grow. It's not helping my school, my administrative team. What can I do to move forward? How can I let go of what I can't control? What can yeah. I do to shed my victim thinking. And it's not just teachers, all of us, including John Miller, the, the guy yeah. talking into the microphone, Chad, we all fall into victim thinking at times. Yeah. Uh, how about this? The student who says, when's this guy going to figure out that he's driving us nuts? <laughs> well, I think I was that student. <laughs> I think I said all that. When is this teacher? I don't know. Oh, what would you want a student to change that to? What, what can I do to help him understand or what can I do to uh, change me to where I view him differently? What can I do to help my friends, you know, yeah. to be a better friend? What my can mentor, I do? My mentor yeah. used to use an example of his son-in-law. He'd say his son-in-law wanted to be an accountant, a CPA, but he had to pass Russian, Russian history and English literature to get his degree. 
and he was not going to pass Russian history and English literature because he hated the subjects. He wanted to be an accountant. And he said, what do those subjects do with me getting my CPA degree, blah, blah, blah. And then my mentor used to say, finally, his son-in-law grew up and one day he just kind of had an awakening and realized, wait a minute, I don't run the school. Yeah. If they want to, if, if I have to pass Russian history and English literature to get my four-year degree, then I better suck it up and do it. There are there, there are days you just realize that there's some things out of your control, Chad, and then you start asking, well, what can I do? What can I do to move forward? How can I take accountability for this moment? Yes. So uh, an actual example that just happened recently, um, I was at a school, it was homecoming, and they start talking about who, uh, which grade the freshman, sophomore, junior, seniors won the homecoming competitions. And seniors were like dead last. And I'm like, come on. I mean, seniors, how does that happen? You know? <laughs> and the immediate answer was our sponsors never told us when we were supposed to do what. And I almost went on a QBQ talk. There so you go. Hey, you get hey. it. That's, that's perfect. You know, like, well, nobody told us. And sometimes that happens. That's a reality of life. Sure. You know, if, if I come home and I can't find my wife in the house and I text her and say, where are you? And she says, oh, I'm volunteering all day at the hospital. I can say, oh, well, you didn't tell me. That's still a truth. But the question is, after that fact is established, do I fall into victim thinking and feel sorry for myself? Or do I say, well, what can I, what can I do to learn from this experience? Yes. What can I do to move forward? What can I do to grow? I'm back to your students now. Just yesterday, uh, you know, we got a lot of longtime believers in QBQ. A woman from Virginia, from Virginia sent me an email saying that they'd had a real mess with a bank and a mortgage. And the short story is this, Chad, and this won't surprise you or your listeners. But when she got a hold of the banking people and the mortgage people and, and got into it all, not one person said, I did it. Every yes. person said, well... If that department had done their job, and then that department said, well, if that department had done their job. So she she emailed me and she said, John, can I get six books? I need to give those QBQ books to the bank. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this lack of accountability, Chad, it's never going to go away. It keeps us in business. Yes, yes. Well, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I've shared on my podcast in the past that your book, I, I've said, is probably the most in life-changing book I've read other than the Bible, but no, thank uh, just, you. Because, just because I know how it changed our decisions and everything going forward. And so I'm going to give you some real life examples of how it has done that. Great. And uh, love you to comment on that. And, and uh, you know, I think it's important that I just say up front, I mean, I don't tell these examples to say, hey, look what we did because we were broken and mess, you know, a mess and still are. And uh still struggling, you know, with trying to take accountability in, in many situations. But uh, okay, so I, I start coaching high school football at Christian Heritage Academy um, many years ago. And uh, so I'm teaching my HD prep, I'm doing that on the side. And so my first year coaching, I buy um, all of my position players QBQ. And I'm like, listen, we're going to read this. Wow. Uh, our position players, we're going to read this. I said, it's the most impacting book. And I said, I want all of us to live this this year. And so we read it. I talked to him about it. And we really, so within our head coach, Tony Merrill, uh, one of my, my best friends, he, uh, he uh, uh, says, I, I got to read that book. So he reads it. And then he even gets, um, we get with Kristen and we get the, I own it, which I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. And, uh, and, we're, and for the listeners, we're even doing giveaways. So make sure you stay tuned after the podcast, uh, episode because, Woo-hoo, um, free stuff. 
I'm giving away multiple copies of John's book. I've already received them. Um, we're, re- we're going to give away uh, one set of the school curriculum of uh, I Own It. And so we're going to do that at the end. I'll, I'll discuss that after the interview. But so Tony, um, he, he reads the book as well. And I, uh, I know I had sent this to you in the email, but every year since he's since he's read that and I heard again this year, he tells our team, he's like, some people say there's no I in team. There is an I in team. John, you got a comment on that. Well, um, I've been in the training business for 34 years and that's one of those myths that goes around the training industry picks up buzzwords and trendy topics. I'm not into any of that. And you'll hear more and more, you know, over the years, there's no I in team. Oh, there sure is. And his name is John. And when I take care of me and do my best, the team can do great things. I've got to hook onto that with my own story. If you know who Butler University is and Brad Stevens, the basketball coach, well, the coach before him actually found QBQ and got it for the Butler basketball players. And then Brad Stevens used it for the years he was at Butler. Now he's with the Celtics, of course. And just last week, the newer coach, of um of Butler basketball ordered 24 book QBQ books from our QBQ.com site. And I remember what Brad once told me. Brad Stevens himself told me by email. He said, you know, these like my, my my players, they come off during a timeout. The last thing I want them to do is be blaming each other. Hey, he didn't cover his man. Whatever. I'm not a basketball player, but you know what I'm saying? They don't he yeah. he wanted the players, the college students, the 20-year-olds to read QBQ so they'd come off the court and say, what could I have done differently? That's what QBQ is all about, is I'm on a team, but instead of hiding behind or blaming the team, I'm the I. I'm the I I need to improve. We were in one of our games this year, John, and I am in the booth uh, with another coach um, on the headsets and, you know, all the coaches on sidelines. And we call a play. It's a, we're going to throw a, we got a little screen uh, flare on the side with the slant behind it. And our, our quarterback takes a snap and he turns and he throws it right to the defender. And I mean, all of us are just, oh my gosh, what is he thinking? Why did he do that? Including me, John, I'm not going to lie. I said the same thing. And our head coach, Tony Merrill, uh, gets on the mic immediately and he says, that's my fault. That's my fault. I did not cover that with him. He's, and, 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 and no lie. I mean, we're all like, what? And he goes, that was a different coverage than we've seen. And I did not prepare him for that. I will wow. be better. Yeah, and Wonderful. Accountability. I froze in my tracks. I'm like, wow, that is really good when a head coach does that. Well, I thought you were going to tell us that that quarterback throwing to the defender was a Denver Bronco. <laughs> You're letting out your, your love of the Broncos. Huh? Well, we've lived here 23 years. We have two favorite teams, the Vikings and the Broncos, because we lived in Minnesota 14 yeah. years. And so we, we every year we suffer, you know, Vikings and Broncos. Of course, the Broncos won five years ago. I get that. But the past five years, they've had about 93 quarterbacks. Uh, I hear you. That's good. Okay, I'm going to give you another one. So uh, my son's in seventh grade. Um, he, uh, I played quarterback in high school. And uh, so, you know, my son growing up, we worked, you know, throwing a bunch. And he was a big kid and could throw really well. And so we get to seventh grade football. In our school, seventh and eighth grade played together. Well, my son was, if not the biggest kid on the team, he's one of the biggest kids on the team. And so they go out for practice the first day and the coach uh, tells them, hey, pick what position you want to play. And so he goes to the quarterbacks. Well, a little bit into practice, uh, the coach pulls him and two other big guys who are at quarterback to the side. And he says, look, 
He says, uh, you know, you're the biggest kids on the team. And if you want to play, you might want to play line. And if you want to stay on the sidelines, you know, you could stay at quarterback, but you're probably not going to be the quarterback and we could really use you at line. So my son goes over to line. So he comes home that, that day and he says, dad, you know, Hey, uh, they're not going to let me play quarterback. I'm going to play left tackle, you know? And, and I, I said, okay. So, you know, and he was pretty upset and, sure. and, uh, and so I said, look, we have a decision to make. All right. I mean, we can take accountability of this and do what we can, or we can just complain about it. So here's what I told him. I said, Cam, here's what you're going to do. I, I told my wife, I said, you're going to get him. They practice for school. I said, get him to school first, get him to practice first, get there early, make sure you're the first one on the field and wait out there on the field. And when the coach comes out, he'll bring the footballs, get a football, start playing catch with people before practice. Mm-hmm. And I said, you just keep throwing. And eventually he's going to see that. Yep. You throw pretty well. And I said, every day when you come home, you tell me what the quarterbacks did in practice. When you guys ran plays, you tell me. And I said, we'll go out in the yard and I'll teach you exactly what they did because someday you're going to get an opportunity and I want to make sure you know what to do. So we did that. Well, weeks go by and he's still playing tackle. And I said, now listen, you've got another choice to make. You can talk to the coach. I'm not going to go to the coach for you. So this is your deal. If you want to, you can go to the coach. So he goes to the coach and he's asking you know, what can I do to put myself in a position where I might get to try quarterback? Well, the coach really respected that, right? Yes. And so uh, a couple of weeks later, um, he gets to play quarterback and he played all the way through all state and played in college. So there you go. It's a, uh, it's that personal accountability. I see too many parents that go try to fight those battles for their kids. Well, I'll tell you, you did a good job there because you taught him a couple things. First of all, the accountability piece, no whining and complaining. But then you set you sent him back out to learn, to observe and learn. And I've I've realized in my lifetime a lot of people don't observe and learn, they just complain. There's a big difference. You can complain about what's happening, or you can say, okay, how could this have been different? What could I do differently? What can I do to learn from this situation? Uh, somewhere in my material, we say this: until I decide to own a problem, I will never grow. Because as long as it's someone else's problem, so if only the coach would just give me a break, if only my friends would support me more, if only my coach would pay attention, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. That's what people will say. Instead of saying, boy, this is hurtful and frustrating, but what can I do to learn from it? And that's what you taught your son, to go forth and learn. Good for you. I think that when I've practiced QBQ, um, it's, it's stretched me and I, I found even spiritually it's allowed uh, God to reveal himself in my life in, in ways that I, uh, I would have never on my own. And, I, and the perfect example of this is, uh, when my son was 10 and my daughter was nine, we, uh, we took a compassion international, uh, sponsor tour trip to Kenya oh, and good. they took us to a village in the, out in the middle of the Maasai Mara, the Serengeti to a, a Maasai village. And we go on home visits and we were just we were devastated. I mean, we couldn't believe the poverty, um, the kids, I mean, every face full of flies and the eyes up the nose and the lips, you know, just kids so sick. And right. I remember we were just crushed. And, and I asked one of the uh, staff members, I said, I've never seen this. I mean, this is crazy. And I said, what's the death rate of these kids? And he said, well, we, we don't know exactly, but you know, we estimate right here where you're at this little area that about 40% will die by five. And we were just, wow. and it, the estimate may have been high. I don't know, but it, that is the, what the number he said. And so we had been told to be very careful, especially with my daughter who was nine, because they'll marry girls as early as nine in this village. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, girls just don't have a lot of value there. And they told me to be very careful with them. And 
Well, my wife goes missing in the village and everyone is panicked and we, we look everywhere and we can't find her. Oh, and no. I'm thinking, my gosh, you know, she's been taken. I have no, you know, and we are all just, uh, I mean, it is a scramble. And I'm telling you now, my emotions are high anyway. I mean, it's, you're overwhelmed by the sights and the smells and, uh, you know, and all of it. And then now my wife goes missing and we look everywhere. And finally, one of the guys in our group says, I, I thought I saw her go back to the Jeeps. And so I, I run back. Well, I say I run. I tried to, didn't try to make a, a scene, but I get yeah. back to the Jeep. She's not there. I mean, I'm just devastated. Like, uh, what have I allowed to happen? And I walk around the backside of the Jeep and my wife was sitting in the dirt of the Serengeti, leaning against that tire. And John, she's just weeping. I mean, just, just profusely, just crying. And I just got down with her and held her and I just cried with her. And then after a minute, the probably the most impactful moment of my life, she grabbed my collar and pulled me to her nose. And I mean, just snot running and just crying. She says, no child should live like this. She goes, somebody's got to do something. And I, I just looked at her and I said, I have no idea how you can fix this. But I said, I promise we'll do something. And so I contacted Compassion and I just said, you know, when we told that story, it was interesting because, you know, a lot of people would say, well, why don't they just, why, why, well, why don't they dig a well? Well, why don't they move? Yeah. Well, why? And I just called compassion. I said, look, I don't want to ask the whys. I want to ask, what can I do to help this situation? What is the number one need there? Excellent. And so they said uh, in the meeting with me, they, they just said, look, they drink from the Nairoke River. It means murky waters. And these kids are dying as a result. They're all sick with parasites and diseases. And they don't have money to buy the fuel to, you know, boil it. And they said, we've got to get them clean water. I went back into my workshops, John, and I shared that story with every group that I taught. And I speak to a lot of students and I talked to them about the Compassion Water of Life water filters. And I challenged students. I said, here's what my wife and I want to do. We said, uh, if you'll raise $79, we're going to buy a bucket. And if the, the, the team that buys the most buckets, we're going to give you a full paid trip to Africa. And we're going to go back to that village wow. and we're going to get with the church and we're going to get with compassion and we're going to help that church deliver buckets to every one of those families to get them clean water. John, the students raised $81,000. And My. so, yes. So we bought over a thousand buckets and uh, we took actually the two winning team leaders to Africa with us. And we went back at the church and um, the village gathered and we got clean water to that village. It, it was incredible. And uh, great job, John, we'd have never done it had I not read your book. I'm just being oh, honest. Gee. I, Thank I don't you. think so. I don't think I would have thought, what can I do? I probably yep. would have complained about it. And, yep. I, and, and, then, and then we go the same to the adoption. I mean, our adoption had a lot of, you know, well, why didn't somebody do something? Well, I'm somebody, you know, and yes, uh, that's right. I think, I think that's why we adopted those five. And then recently um, we did an embryo adoption, John. I mean, we uh, we've talked oh. about this for years about the frozen embryos out there. And so yes. my wife finally said, you know what, I, I'm willing to do this. I want to make a difference. And so uh, my wife at the age of 46 just delivered our eighth child. Oh. So we have, yeah, so we have a, a, another one. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Chad Cargill. You, you, you had your eighth child. Yes, sir. Beat you, you by one. It sounds like. like. <laughs> see, you're, you're an athlete. You're a successful business guy, speaker, trainer, workshop leader, and you're competitive. Would you, would you agree you're competitive? <laughs> sure. Okay. So <laughs> You knew that John Miller and Karen Miller have seven kids and you just was, had to beat us. That's why we did it. <laughs> no. Oh, well. Unbelievable. I, I just hope those stories, uh, you know, just in nothing else, uh, just motivate people. Well, that you time. know, you um, remind me of a story that's very short. 
during Katrina back in 05, there was a woman who loved QBQ and was on our email list at QBQ.com. And she had heard that a lot of people were sending canned goods to New Orleans, but no way to open them. So she ran around town one day, went to all the drugstores, all the grocery stores, all the Kmarts back then and Targets, and bought 125 can openers. And she shipped those down to New Orleans because she was asking, what can I do? So she heard about a problem, lots of canned goods, but no can openers. And so she said, I'm going to target that problem and I'm going to make a difference. Good for her. Love it. John, I want you to tell the schools um, before we end about I Own It, how they can get that, how they can implement that in their classroom, about Kristen and her speaking. I would love for you to just tell, because I want administrators to get to hear this about the opportunities they have to implement QBQ. Happy to do that. And may I suggest you should have Kristen on one of these uh, shows and she could talk more in depth about I Own It and how it's used. Let's do that. All of our products, like our parenting book called Raising Accountable Kids and our uh, curriculum for schools called I Own It, are simply a result of people asking for them. I mean, you go back years, and when I started teaching QBQ in the 90s, I had no idea, Chad, where this was going. So I'm out speaking in the late 90s to State Farm Insurance and Merck Pharmaceutical and General Motors getting corporate engagements. But I'm having parents come up to me and go, Wow, I can use this at home. Do you do you have it in a parenting format? And then others would say, "Boy, my my fourth grader could use this. My twelfth grader could hear this." So over the years, we came out with the parenting book because people like to have it in that format. We came out with the Iona curriculum, and let me tell you, you'll appreciate this. The Iona title, Iona. Building character through personal accountability. That's the title of the curriculum. And it's just a spiral workbook for the teacher to take the teacher uh, through exercises that she or he can use with the classroom. And they get a QBQ book and a poster that's really key. So they can get all this at QBQ.com. The whole IONIT package can be bought at QBQ.com. Just the IONIT workbook is on Amazon. But the title came from us sitting at an IHOP one day with a superintendent of the local school district here in Colorado. And I said to him very simply, what makes a great student? And he didn't even hesitate over pancakes. He looked at me and he said, they own it. They don't blame the teacher. They don't blame their mom, their friends. They don't, they, they own their results. It's so simple. And so we, Kristen was with me and we looked at each other and we said, that's the title. I own it. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Then we've got Raising Accountable Kids, the parenting book. And we've got Flipping the Switch, which is the sequel to QBQ.com. We've got the outstanding book. It's all at QBQ.com, Chad. And I'm, I'm glad I got to share the message with you today and your listeners. But I'm glad I got to hear your stories because they are fantastic. Outstanding. Well, I, I appreciate it so much. I mean, I, I know uh, uh, it's, it's clear from this. Uh, you, you, you understand how much uh, your work has impacted my life. And, and I hope for the listeners that it can impact theirs. And, you know, for those of you out there listening, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, my husband really needs to read this book. Well, <laughs> right. But right. no, uh, the, the thought is, you know what? I need to read this book. And I've, I, I just read them all again. I, I did the parenting book and the QBQ book again. Uh, and uh, it's something that I'm going to go chapter by chapter with my kids and start having uh, lessons over and because I want them to, to know what, what I have found. And uh, so anyway, uh, John, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being on. And uh, I'm just looking forward to how lives are going to be changed as a result of this. So I appreciate you. 
Thanks, Chad. I enjoyed it. Well, that was a fun interview. And I had to be careful. You know, that's like a, he's like a big star. So I had to be uh, uh, careful not to uh, overdo it on that interview. Um, but uh, I, I hope you kind of now say, oh, yeah, I can see why that's such a big deal. Or I can see how that could change a life. And it definitely did ours. So now let's revisit back to that question. Remember at the beginning of the episode, I had you write down or type in your phone or whatever, a question about someone or something that frustrates you. And so let's think back to that now and look at the first word of your question. And maybe you wrote it in this format, maybe you didn't, but was it why? Was it, why does he always do that? Or why is this happening to me? Uh, or did your question focus on I? What could I do? How could I? And now going forward, I think what will happen is you'll do what I do, where I'm constantly correcting myself, where I'm asking those IQs. And I'm like, oh, oh, I can't do that. It's that book. I can't do that. And so I'm not going to share uh, everything on on uh, this episode. I'm going to save a little bit because I am going to try to have Kristen on um sometime in 2021. And I was telling John after the interview, I've got a great story that ties right into one of the stories with this book. And uh, I, I will tell you, I did not want to respond the way I did. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I read that book. And so uh, I had to respond with a QBQ way. And uh, there'll be times in life that that's hard, but uh, I think you'll find um, that uh, in the long run, it works out better. And so I, I'm going to share that story on uh, with the interview with Kristen uh, that we do later in the year. Okay. So, uh, look, I'm, I'm thrilled you, you joined the podcast again, uh, you know, another episode and, uh, I'm hoping that, that it was really beneficial for you. I am giving a lot of classes still. So get on calendar.chadcargo.com. Look, if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to it. Um, that way you're always notified every time a new episode comes out. So subscribe to it. If you're enjoying it, share it with somebody, tell someone to uh, listen to the podcast and hopefully it will benefit them as well. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, I would really appreciate it if you'd hit that five star and just leave a short review because it definitely uh, would mean a lot to me and it would help uh, others find this podcast when they're searching um, for podcasts. All right, so now let's get to the giveaways. I'm gonna give four books away. One of them, I'm gonna give away to someone who does a review on Apple Podcasts. So you can go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts. If you leave a short review there, just mention in a review, uh, QBQ. And if you do that, if you mention QBQ in your review, then uh, I'm going to pick one of those. I'll do that randomly. Um, I'll pick uh, one of those to give as one award. So be listening on a future um, episode. Hopefully it'll be next week. I will uh, announce uh, who wins that. So I'm going to do one of them on that side. And then um, we're going to give uh, three of them away based on Facebook you can go to the Chad Cargill Workshops Facebook page and you'll you'll find the link to this episode. Just create a post on your site, on your Facebook page about this episode. Just make sure you tag me. So tag me on there. This is podcast.chadcargill.com forward slash 46. This is episode 46. So if you create a post on your Facebook and you tag me on it that you enjoyed the QBQ a podcast episode um, from the Chad Cargo Workshops Facebook page, or you uh, you just say from the Chad Cargo Test Prep um, podcast, then 
tag me on it. That way I see it. And um, I will select three winners from that. Okay. So that's how I'm going to do the uh, four books giveaway. One of them, Apple podcast review, three of them. If you post on Facebook uh, and tag me, uh, that will be uh, great. Now let's, uh, let's also say that that could be on Twitter. You could do that on Twitter. If you would like, just create a new post on Twitter and tag podcast.checkcargo.com forward slash 46. I'm at Chad Cargill on Twitter. And then for the, I own it, it needs to be a faculty member or administrator and mention, I own it. If you mention, I own it in your post and you tag me on it, I'll see you. And then one person who does that will win the I own it curriculum, which will be the QBQ book, the teacher's manual and the poster for your classroom. All right. So that's how you can win the free giveaways. And hopefully I'll be announcing those next week uh, who won. And then uh, you can get in touch with me and give me your mailing address privately. And then I'll get those uh, sent out to you. Again, all my information is on chadcargo.com. My calendar is at calendar.chadcargo.com. Well, I hope you have a great week and I will be back with you again soon. Take care. Talk to you again soon.